This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome to Apex 2023. We're in the beautiful studio brought to you by Apex 2023. Bill and Paul, thank you so much for this gorgeous fishbowl we're in. Hey, we're so glad to have you here. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I'm with Bill Hamby, President and CEO of the Auto Care Association, Strategic Direction of the Auto Care Association's 3,000 members and 150,000 companies representing automotive manufacturers, distributors, and service providers. Do you know that you have to do that every day? Every single day. boy. You better believe what it. What spirit. We live it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. You went to college just south of Buffalo, my hometown sure at St. Bonaventure's. Paul McCarthy's here, president and CEO of MEMA, the aftermarket suppliers group. Hey, Paul. Hey, glad to be back. You guys have both been on my show in the past. I appreciate you coming on. Bill, you and I have done stuff on Right to Repair with Lisa and, and so many others. But I got to tell you, I was missing something when you guys came out on the stage. You were missing something. Last year, you had this white thing hanging off your body. Oh, I my think, God, wasn't I know. I did. The arm is attached again now. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Tracy goes over to me and says, Remember last year, you broke your arm or something? Oh, yeah. I shattered the shoulder, yeah. broke the humerus. I'm just nice, glad to be at Apex without pain pills this year. I remember right? the show this year. Paul, come and walk the line. No, no. <laughs> and and no. what a trooper he was for being here last year. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Oh, thanks, Bill. Amazing. Napa Auto Care Centers are recognized as an integral piece to what sets Napa apart from the competition. And the Napa Auto Care brand? Well, it continues to be fully integrated into the national marketing strategy by optimizing targeted media in local markets and in proven channels. Don't forget, Napa Auto Care Centers have an online presence on Napa Online with the Auto Care Locator tool, generating millions of views per month. If you're interested in partnering with Napa Auto Care and capitalizing on America's largest network of parts and care, talk to your Napa Auto Parts sales rep today. You guys had a great opening. Mm -hmm. I loved it. The room, again, was full. We're, we're thinking there's, what, a thousand people in that room? Yeah. A little more. A little bit more, yeah. yeah. 1,200. 1,200. 1,200 industry leaders were in that room listening to Paul and Bill do the open and to challenge us all on right to repair. Some of the statistics that you gave us, guys, were kind of mind-blowing. Every time I have a chance to open my mouth about our market share uh, out of warranty, you know, 70% of the aftermarket gets that piece of the pie. And based on what you guys did in a study, don't know where the study came from. I'm sure you guys dug down deep inside that maybe by 2035, we could be down to 53%. Or I think what you were saying is $93 billion of money that shifted. Out of the aftermarket. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the, it was a study. Roland Berger did it for a landmark study last year. And it's true. I mean, for decades, we've had 70% market share. Yeah. I mean, when consumers have choice, we know what that looks like. Yeah. They prefer the independent aftermarket because of the convenience, the entrepreneurship, the, the great service that we bring. Yeah, the study said, hey, by 2035, because of these repair restrictions, that could be just 54%. And it could decline from there. So I think the key takeaway is this is real. You don't necessarily see it in every vehicle that comes in, but this is real. This is what have a big impact. And just doing that math, Bill had that great stat that he had, which was $92 billion. That translates that by 2035, $92 billion of service that consumers would like to bring to the independent aftermarket, they may not be able to. And Scary thought, guys. That is bad. It's bad for us. It's, it's a disaster for consumers. Paul framed it up really well, but 
we talk about right to repair, people hear about right to repair, but very little do they really understand what the consequences might be. And that's what we're really trying to drive home. We are driving home. In fact, we had Kathleen Callahan here an hour ago. We had Dwayne Myers here Mm -hmm. and we had Jennifer Keaton Mm -hmm. because Lisa Fauché stayed back to work on some stuff. You bet. Okay, cool stuff. And we heard Kathleen talk about the testimony. She testified in front Mm -hmm. of Sure did. It was a great story. We heard about her dress that she had to go buy and all. It was it was a fun, fun episode, but we drove home right to repair mm-hmm. hard and heavy. And I love your point. We can't ignore it anymore. No. We're so close with 46 members of Congress signing on. How hard did you guys together work on that? And how long? <laughs> it's been a battle since I remember. And, you know, I've been on my, in my position for eight years. We got the original MOU with the automakers back in 2014. We really immediately began to work on the telematics portion of this, which is really where, um, you know, the rubber hits the road. So a long time. Yes. And getting those 46 co-sponsors, the sponsors, supporters of the bill in Congress. I mean, it just takes blood, sweat, and tears. There's nothing other than shoe leather lobbying that can get there. But the thing that really makes it possible, it's your listeners reaching out to their Congress people. Mm-hmm. It's activating themselves, the people they know, their customers. That's what opens the door for us to come in and say, hey, let's explain this to you. Yeah. This is why you're hearing about this. This is why it matters. And that has gotten us every single one of those sponsors. One of the coolest things you guys ever did was to create repairact.com. I believe it's a new site. Mm-hmm. And I love the feature of slash drivers. Guys, it's brilliant. Who did it? Collectively. Collectively, someone had this brilliant idea because, listen, if you turn away from your future by not playing in our sandbox of working and getting letters sent to Congress, which years ago we had to write and sign and mail and stamp Mm -hmm. and go to the post office. Today, you go to repairact.com, you click a button, you put in your zip code, and I think it's done. Am I right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's that easy today to communicate with a legislator. Mm -hmm. And even if your senator is not involved yet and it hasn't gone over to the Senate, they're going to send some kind of letter to the senator and say, hey, we want to let you know. That's cool because something's coming down the pike. I think it's brilliant to be able to involve our customer who's getting their car service, who may lose choice. And I don't think they have a clue. And Bill, you said memorandum of understanding, an MOU. Yes. We talk in acronyms all the time, so I had to clear it up. No, that's okay. And what I heard today from you guys, if they're not enforceable, it's just junk on paper. Right. Yes. And and we've learned our lesson well that there needs to be an agency for enforcement to hold not only the automakers accountable, but for our industry accountable, just to make sure that people are following the guidelines of the law, that there is a mechanism in place for if the law is not being followed, how do we file for that? Who is responsible for that? And, and it's an absolute necessity to, to have that included. Right to repair. I know we're talking about it a lot lately, but we really need your help if you're listening. Mm-hmm. It's about data access, repair access, and parts access, mm-hmm. right? It was a couple of years ago you wrote a blog or you wrote an article. Did you know your car knows how much weight you gained? That's correct. And in true reality, you guys, did you mention it again today, I think? Or somebody mentioned it that I bumped into. 
Well, good. I'm glad they did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a well-educated industry advocate. But, you know, Paul mentioned it takes a lot of shoe leather to get this done and lobbying. The automakers have a tremendous amount of li- uh, lawyers, lobbyists, and money. We may not have as much as the automakers, but we what we have is the 4.7 million people that are employed in the automotive aftermarket. That's what's really important to the legislators. And, and that's why we're really driving this home as a grassroots effort mm-hmm. to ensure that we get uh, our ability to access that data. And I just want to add, you know, some people don't like to get involved in politics, but what we want to stress is what we are pushing for. It really is principles based. It's nothing more than what we've long had the ability to repair vehicles just now in this era of technology. And it's the things you mentioned. We need the telematics data that allows us to diagnose vehicles. We need the repair information data on this new technology so we can actually uh, do these repairs. And we need the parts integration so you can pick. Do you want to use this part or that quality part? That's all we're asking for. Nothing more. Nothing more than what we need for repair. And so, again, this is a bipartisan bill. It's easy to support. And I think everybody can feel comfortable. This isn't political. This is about every driver out there. Make your commitment to go to repairact.com. A reality of doing business today is facing a technician shortage. And Napa Auto Care has a free solution with the Napa Auto Care Apprentice Program. The program was pioneered by one of our own, Pete McNeil and master technician Jake Sorensen from McNeil's Auto Care in Sandy, Utah. And they realized that the problem of not having technicians available for hire was not going to solve itself and decided to take action. A focus was put on younger individuals with the right passion, desire, aptitude, and attitude to work in the automotive repair industry. Jake and Pete sought after these individuals and developed a technician apprentice program to give them the training needed to become a successful technician in today's world. The NAP Auto Care Apprentice Program includes a comprehensive nine-stage curriculum that includes a variety of types of training, including exclusive in-depth classroom training videos, instructor-led NAPA Auto Tech classes, web-based Auto Tech e-learning courses, and practice skills with hands-on learning in the shop with the guidance of a mentor. The Apprentice Program curriculum is competency-based, meaning an apprentice can move through each stage at a pace that best suits them. Most apprentices complete the program within two years, and upon completion, apprentices will have earned four ASE certifications, G1, A4, A5, and AC certifications, adding industry validation to the skills an apprentice acquires. Apprentice graduates are also registered with the Department of Labor as journey worker automotive technicians. Having an apprentice in your shop will ultimately benefit your shop as they advance through the program. In most cases, as the apprentice develops their skill set producing billable hours, you'll see a growth in your gross profit by stage five. One of the largest entry barriers for individuals looking to enter the automotive repair industry is the cost of tools. To keep your apprentice motivated, they receive an apprentice toolkit, including a four-drawer tool cart for all registered apprentices. Together, NAP Auto Care and your shop can fix the technician shortage. Start now, grow your own, and build your bench. Our future technicians can come from our concentrated efforts, and it's free. Contact your NAPA representative to learn more, or log in to member.napaautocare.com, or contact your servicing NAPA Auto Parts stores sales representative. Apex, Mm. are we back to pre-COVID numbers? No. Oh. We're in exceeding. Oh, uh, that's even better. Exactly. So that's <laughs> what we're thrilled about. 2,600 exhibitors from more than 40 countries 
we have buyers from 111 countries, 46,000 buyers are here. So uh, we have a full house. The numbers are great. And, and Paul, I, I, I think we both can agree that we've been hearing really positive feedback yeah. for the course of the time that we've been here. The energy is fantastic. And as Bill said, the floor is sold out. But I'd say it's not just getting back to where we were pre-COVID. This is better than pre-COVID because it's, it's not the same show that you saw before. What we had before, all the industry getting together, the industry homecoming. But now there's also all this technology. There's Joe's Garage with the ADOS demonstrations and vehicle. There's EV Experience Stage. I mean, Apex now is about helping the service professionals be ready and ahead of the curve. See that road ahead and be ready for all this technology that's coming. You said that this morning. I think it was you. We are a technology company. I don't know, maybe Bill or Paul, I, whichever one. But it doesn't I, matter. I wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote it down. And there are some of us that have yet to accept that we have to change course, do business differently, hire differently, train differently, buy different tools, talk to our customers differently from a technology perspective. Data is an important part of that. You oh know, whether you're running your business, you need business data. If you're a technician, you need vehicle data. So as you mentioned, we are a technology industry. The reliance upon data is becoming increasingly more important. And, and that's what we're trying to do here uh, at Apex is to give people a venue to, to share that data, to understand the data, and obviously to interact with one another. We are absolutely a technology industry, yeah. but there's a silver lining too. I know it can be a little bit intimidating, but it's also exciting. I mean, you've talked to oh, a lot yeah. of service professionals. I mean, there's a reason we got into this. We like fixing things and figuring things out. Now there's a whole new set of fun things. And the other aspect of that is it gives us that pipeline for the next generation yeah. of folks. Because once they understand we're a technology industry, that's where people want to work. And once they understand who we are and who we're becoming, yeah. there's going to be a lot of people who want to be in this industry, we think. So the word is innovation, which is stuff that we have to keep up with. But I see a lot of innovation here. I mean, you're doing some, a lot of EV training. We have great coaches, great trainers in all of the training classes. I think there's like 36 training classes that are going on here. Management, service advisor, leadership, technology, keys, you, you diagnostics, you, you name it, you got it. What could you do to explain the kind of exhibits that are up there that are so innovative that when a person walks by, their mouth drops and you sit there and watch after, one after the other saying, wow, and, and appreciate where we've come and where we still have yet to go. What have, what have you seen? You see anything really off the charts? Because I haven't been upstairs and I haven't walked around here yet. I, I can't give specific examples because I, they're all our children. Yeah. But, uh, okay, you know, dad, <laughs> but it's true. And, and, you know, everybody has an opportunity to see the technology yeah, here, yeah. but, but what they don't understand is that when they go home, the exhibitors and the suppliers are working on that technology from, from the minute they, they walk into the office and in the morning, every, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year. So, so Apex is just a culmination of, of the hard work that they have put in, you know, throughout the year. And, and the consumer would be blown away if they, if they saw this environment mm -hmm. to say, oh my gosh, this is everything that is part of getting my vehicle repaired and, and having a part available in 30 minutes 
to be delivered to the shop. Scary, huh? And that's where, this is where it all comes together. That's a great point, Bill, because one of the things you get walking around Apex is just how impressed you are with the aftermarket industry, with the service industry. If any consumer did walk this, there's no way they wouldn't feel confident to say, hey, I can trust that shop. Look at this quality. Look at this technology. I just uh, want to trust these folks. I have an experiment to do next year. Let's get five totally off the street consumers, maybe eight, and let's walk them around. I would love to hang with them with my open mic, you guys, and let them go buy this ADAS display. Let them go, let them go touch one of those pieces of equipment that does Diag work. Let them go so touch some of the tools that make our jobs productive and efficient and ask them, did you have any idea how complex and how technology driven it is to fix your car? Yeah. We, we pick these out and we walk around. To me, we've been to a meeting that did this once in a panel in front of service professionals. And one of the things that was asked of these eight people was, you've heard the words mechanic, you've heard the words technician. What do you think the guys are called who work on your car? Yeah. And every one of them said mechanic. Mm -hmm. And we as an industry are trying to change that to be technician, but the consumer is having none of it. Right. Point is, is that we're talking to people and explaining how we've serviced their car. We always say, if you're looking in the bay through the glass and the guy's got a white lag coat and he's got a tablet in his hand, mm -hmm. then he's probably smart, brilliant, and he's going to take care of your car right. in the right time frame mm -hmm. and actually really fix it because we are a technology company. Yep. We got to experiment with that. My wife is here for the first time this year and, and she was just <laughs> amazed. She goes, my gosh, she goes, I, you've tried to explain this industry to me before, but until I got here, I, I had no idea. She goes, I am just blown away with, with what everybody does. But to my point of really wanting to interview people and get their first impressions, maybe yeah. I can need to get her in here, Bill, because our industry needs to hear from the consumer's perspective mm -hmm. and get a new feel, new respect yes. of yes. what it is respect. that we do. That's the word. I, I don't think people realize what they have invested mm -hmm. in training and in tools and equipment. And we're looking for really talented people that can yes. do the right thing for the company and the consumer. Mm -hmm. I don't think we stop enough to reflect no. on that. And that's my, my point is if I had a consumer come in there and do a jaw drop, I say, well, what are you seeing? Yeah. What didn't you, what didn't you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to interview your wife. <laughs> My God, she would kill me. <laughs> oh, I would go real easy on her, Bill, really. But wouldn't talk about you at all. I'm certainly good. <laughs> uh, so when do you start planning 2024? Uh, I think that was about six months ago. Yeah, ex uh, literally. Ah, yeah. Literally. what a great answer. Yeah, literally. You know, we, we worked on our panel for next year for the breakfast. Yeah, we that, saw you know, that, that. That's, that's in bed. And, you know, we're just constantly uh, trying to, you know, talk about innovating. Uh, you know, we're constantly trying to innovate the show, make it relevant and keep up with technology. And, and so it's 24 seven for, for both of our associations. Yeah. And next year, actually, we're going to have a larger show. Mm -hmm. We have uh, more space. We, cause we were sold out early this year. We yeah. had to turn people away. Yeah. So it's going to be a larger show with more things. And, and I think what's so intriguing is we talked about all the technology, but 
the reality is we're all living in two worlds right now. We got our existing kind of products and, and what we've long done. And that's got a long, fat tail. We're going to make a lot of money off of it. That's all here. And you have all the new technology, all the innovation, the things that we may not be as comfortable with. And you can come to Apex and learn it and see it and feel it and experience it. And frankly, just get excited about it. I mean, we're next to Joe's garage. It's a playground. When I see this stuff, it's just fun. I'm excited. And I feel so confident about our industry and its future. So who came up with Magic Johnson? Our teams, we take a look at prospective speakers and who would be relevant. And our joint events teams came up with the idea. And Paul and I vetted it. And we talked to our boards about it. And yeah, that sounds like... We and considered how bad we would look yes. uh, standing next to him oh, That was so smart not to be on stage with him. I know. Did you, By design. If I can just share with the audience, Magic comes down and he works the floor. Yeah. Because he said, I, I'm tall enough, I don't need to be on stage, right? Mm -hmm. And he's down asking people to do chest bumps with him and then taking selfies. He just knew how to work the crowd. He sure was did. just this real, genuine person. And what was incredible about him was... Not just his amazing sports history, we all know, but frankly, his business history and insights were even more impressive. Yes. yes. I walked away with execution. I walked away with, he wants solutions. He's a, looks like a dominant kind of an individual. Yeah. Another really great story was when he went to his dad about, I think it was the Kansas City money. And, and the old man says, you could be poor for one more year. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. I know. Immediately, you started to figure out that he's a, really a humble person. He's, mm -hmm. he's helped a lot of people. He owns a lot of companies. Yep. And he talked about walking away from the Nike deal. And OMG, when he did the math on what he walked away from, oh my gosh. the entire 11, 1200 people just gasped. Right. 1.5 bill, I think he said. Yes. yes. Yeah. He, he, they, were, they wanted to give him shares instead of money yeah. to rep his their sneakers. Yeah. Well, we've all made decisions we regret in life, but I don't think I've ever made a $1.5 billion mistake. I hope I never do it in my life, but it hurts just to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but, but having magic there, I think set an incredible tone. Yeah. Uh, great idea. Thank you for doing that. Our pleasure. So any final words? Uh, encourage people to come here next year because it's going to be even bigger. I, I know you're going to continue the themes of training and, you know, the, what you've got going on in Joe's garage, you just look, there's 10 cars up on lifts that can actually run and be yeah. exhaust. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. You, know. you, you can't go anywhere else yeah. it, and nowhere in the country and see this. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening and you haven't been here, do what you can to get here. And uh, you will be back year after year after year. Once you make the initial trip, you, Paul and I would have a uh, the FOMO, you know, you just... You get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't miss out. And the training is great. And so if you're not here, plan on being here next year and we'll make sure that it's worth your trip. Well great. said, Bill. If, if you want to feel the energy of the present of our incredible industry, you want to feel prepared for the future, come to Apex next year. There you go. Wow. Bill Hanvey, president and CEO of the Auto Care Association and Paul McCarthy, president and CEO of MEMA. How's that? Uh, all the new MEMA stuff going great? Oh, it's going great. We just simplified and MEMA Aftermarket Suppliers has all our aftermarket stuff, whether it's light, heavy-duty remanufacturing. And, and we, we, need the, we need the parts. We need the supply partners out there. I mean, what an jo wow. incredible joint venture with you two getting together and owning mm -hmm. this show. You bet. Thanks, guys. It's a great partnership. Thank you. Carl. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. Thank you.